2: Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name. And we're still here.
1: Welcome back, everybody. We're going to recap our week seven. First of all, we have Clemson, who overcomes four turnovers against Syracuse to have a second, back, a second half comeback. And Ohio State should be imprisoned for what they did in the horseshoe. Uh, and Oregon, they take care of business. And possibly knocking the Pac-12 out of the playoff discussion for now. Uh, we'll talk about that and much more. And Oklahoma State pulls off a fourth-quarter shutout to Texas to come away and with the win. As LSU storms the field with an, with a big win over LSU over uh, Ole Miss, excuse me. And TCU wins from behind again. They pull a second-half shutout and win over Kansas State. We'll talk about all of this and much more today on Rising to the Occasion. Welcome back, everybody. It was another fun week of college football. I know really all three of us got to sit back and just enjoy football instead of having to be stressed out about our teams because we all three had a, a bye week, so that was pretty fun. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and bring everybody in. Of course, I got my co-stars. I got Britton and Blake, both of them, here with me. It's the first time all three of us has, have been on the show in a little while. Britton finally got back from his trip. And uh, so, you know, how you guys doing, man?
3: I'm good. I'm glad to be back. had a good week, but I'm glad to be back watching some football.
2: Yeah, Josh, man. Uh, I'm, I'm glad to be with both of you and, and I'm ready to kick this thing off. It was a great Saturday of college football, man. Uh, yeah. Some games uh, went straight down to the wire. A couple of teams rushed the field. Can't wait to talk about it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We had all kinds of stuff to talk about, too. And it's just I, I looked around and there was even some smaller games that, man, like there was just a lot that went on yesterday that was just kind of mm-hmm. fun to talk about. I'm sure we'll I'm sure we'll touch on all of it, too. Uh, but first, to start off, as always, we like to just mention, kind of give ourselves a little shout-out, at least for Brittany and I, uh, that we are sponsored by Mahler Bros Golf. Uh, we, you can go over there, MahlerBros.com. That's M-A-H-L-E-R Bros.com. And use code RISING2 for 10% off. We have golf polos, T-shirts, hats, mugs, so much more. So just go check it out. Again, that's MahlerBros.com. Use rising two. That's rising to for ten percent off. Britton, what's your favorite thing about Molabros Golf?
3: Honestly, uh, I mean, honestly, I'd have to say a the material and how comfortable they are, and b, I'd uh, it'd be you know just hearing other people's reaction to to our products. Um, I've got a buddy of mine who just messaged me the other day. He uh, he had bought some shirts from us in the past, and they were he bought you know a size up; they were too big on him, so he. Uh, send them back into us. We got them resized uh, with a different size. He just got those shirts in, I think, uh, later last week, and sent me some pictures of him wearing them. He's, he says he's gonna take a special trip out to Arizona just to be able to wear them. Um, <laughs> but you yeah, know, that's it's awesome to be able to see other people's reaction to, uh, to the products and and how much they enjoy it too.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, we're gonna have to
2: hook up Blake and get him some gear so he can absolutely kind of wrap that stuff too, man. Yeah, man. Hey, I, I play golf uh, twice a month, uh, and and I get into it. I've been playing it for about three years now, so I enjoy the game of golf, man. I'm I'm gonna have to check it out.
1: Yeah, yeah. You're you're on the same same page as Brett and I. Then we really only started just a few years back, and yeah. just I don't know. It's just something about the game that I hate so much, and I'll never play it again until the next time I get on the course. Yeah. <laughs> All right, but. Of course, we can all talk about golf all day too, but let's go ahead and talk about college football all day because yesterday we had all day to just sit back and, and watch. I was on the road, so I had to try to catch up on a bunch of games. I had I had uh, Blake and a few others, you know, putting stuff out on Twitter that's just spoiling games for me and everything. But you know, it was, it was fun. I got to come back home and you know watch through some of the games, and I just kind of it was it was kind of nice watching it that way too because I can just fast forward to the next play, fast forward to the next play. There's some reviews over some stupid stuff. Fast forward to the next play, you know, and, uh, you know, just all that. So I was able to catch up on quite a few of these games and, and look at what happened. there was even some games like the Ohio State game that we'll get to. And I, I was just able to fast forward through mostly the whole thing, just be like, yeah, they, they killed them. Let's let's move on. Um, but, you know, it was, it was a lot of fun. We'll start off with Clemson, uh, as, as we mentioned. Uh, Clemson, we, we talked about that, at least Blake and I, we were able to talk about that game and, and see – what was going on in that game, you know, we, we kind of picked that if Syracuse was going to be able to play good defense and be able to win the turnover battle, they had a shot at this game. We didn't pick them to win, mainly because of the the, 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 the outcome that it was, you know, just looking at, at Clemson and that defense, it's going to be hard to be able to win and playing against that defense all game. But, you know, of course, Clemson ends up coming out 27 to 21 by coming out with a second half shutout. Uh, there was a lot of stuff going on in that game. I'll, I'll start off with you, Britt. What did you see in the, the Clemson-Syracuse uh, game there?
3: Yeah, I think uh, the biggest surprise for me was, um, not not necessarily a surprise, but the biggest thing for me, I think just in general, was I didn't really know how good Clemson was before this game. And I thought maybe this game would, would show me a little bit more, and honestly, it didn't. Um, they're undefeated. They're they're finding ways to win, so that's, that's always good. But I think I was just a little bit disappointed in Clemson, like, they didn't really stand out and show me that you know Clemson's a a contender. i I still have them in my top four just because they're undefeated. But I'm I'm pretty close to substituting them for you know, a handful of other of of other teams. So I think that's uh that's one thing I'm gonna be watching the rest of the season is to see how good this Clemson team really is.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean it's and Stanford it, showed up.
3: Yeah, they look good. And it's
1: it's tough too. Because like what Blake and I were saying, man, like this Syracuse defense, they are tough, you know, and and this Syracuse team is a good football program. It's not like Clemson should have gone on, gone in there and just shut them out. But we were also talking that offense. Are they strong enough? Something that that surprised me was was uh, what's his name? Schrader. Uh, He he came in there and just really shredded the offense the first half for sure. Uh, And, you know, Blake, I mean, that that game, it, it turned out a little bit more hectic than what we were even imagining. What do you think on that game?
2: So, fellas, I got on here the other day when we when we were breaking this down, and I said that it looked like DJU had started to figure things out, right? Well, wrong. The Syracuse <laughs> defense uh, put pressure on him, and he keeps turning the football over, guys, and it forced it forced Dabo to come to a decision of benching him and putting in Cade Klubnick, uh, the five-star, you know, number one overall prospect uh, recruit or whatever you want to call it that committed to Clemson. And he comes in and doesn't really throw the football. Uh, he, they end up running the football, and Will Shipley uh, shake his hand because uh, he had a day, and without him and without this Tigers defense in the second half uh, putting the pressure, uh, on the Syracuse quarterback, you probably don't win this football game. Uh, and just a great job from Dabo to finally make that change. Um, I know after the game he come out and said that DJU is still their starting quarterback. Hey, if you keep wanting, if you want to keep going that route, you know, that's fine. I think you need to pull the Band-Aid off. And just go ahead and make the full-time switch to Cade Klubnik. And you're gonna see that in my rankings uh, once those once those are released. Uh, some people might be mad at it, but Josh, you know, uh, it, it is what it is, man. I'm just watching that game. No disrespect to Syracuse, but watching that kind of fears me to put a Clemson in my top four, like Britain said. So. Oh yeah,
1: for sure. Yeah, because I mean, we yeah we talked about that with with DJU. Like, can he come out and keep on playing the way that he has been? Because we criticized him. I think all three of us at one point had said, you need to put that yeah. you know, that Kate Clubnick guy in there. And I know we're not the only ones. There have been plenty of other people mm-hmm. mentioning that. Uh, you know, it's just, you look at, at the way he came in, uh, really just kind of as, as a backup, getting some playing time. That kid looks special. And we were like, what? You got this on the bench and you're just going to let him sit there? Not only that, but we mm-hmm. also knew that, that, you know, like you said, he's this five-star kid coming in, a lot of hype around him. And, you know, even though he wasn't throwing the ball a whole lot, uh, he, he really didn't. Uh, he only threw it four times throughout the game. So, I mean, yeah. it, it wasn't it wasn't him lighting it up through the air, but it was just that threat of having him in, I think, really opened it up. And like you said, Shipley mm-hmm. having a day, you know, he, he had that fumble early on, and it seems like he really made up for it after that. Uh, and, and there was a lot going on there. For
3: I do kind of wonder, too, um, if teams start preparing a little bit more for Shipley, and start to learn how to shut him down a little bit, how good this offense actually could be, you know, without Shipley. And I think that's where they, I think that's where the, you know, later on in the season here, as the season comes to, comes to an end, I think that's, that's part of where we can, you know, kind of start to worry about Clemson is can they put the points up? Can they continue, you know, with this? Absolutely. I don't know, man. I don't, I don't know that they're a top 10 team anymore.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just I, I look at, at how they played yesterday and just against again, like I said, I think I think they played against a tough team, but they also probably should have played a little better just overall, uh, because we, we look at that first half. That's not the way a top four team plays. Uh, and, and, you know, that's that's it's that's it's as simple as that. Uh, but, yeah, yeah I, I think overall hats off to Syracuse for getting this far and doing what they've done. Uh, And and I hope that that hype doesn't go away from them in their program because that's, that's special. We've been talking about this, how man, New York is a football state right now because of Mm -hmm. teams like Syracuse, you know, teams like uh, Syracuse. And of course we got, you know, in in the pros you look at uh, how the bills and the jets and the giants are all doing good too. But the Syracuse is a part of that group right now too. They're playing good football and it's fun to see that, that underdog come in and, and, and play good. Like,
2: yeah, man, uh, no disrespect to Syracuse. They played, you know, they played a really damn good game. And, uh, you know, their offense couldn't move the ball in the second half. But that's that's a testament to how good this Clemson defense is. Uh, they're one of the most talented defenses in the country. And we know the one way to attack the Clemson defense is in that secondary. But Syracuse just couldn't push the ball down the field. Uh, they they struggled. Yeah. Uh, you know, giving their quarterback time to sit in the pocket and everything. But, man, this Clemson, I look at their offense, man, and I just, you know, like Britton said, I, if I put it up to the other teams in the top of the country, can they beat these guys in the playoffs? And that—that that is what's holding me back right now from putting them in my top four is I look at these matchups – And can they beat an Alabama with this offense? Can they beat a Georgia? Can they beat an Ohio state? Can they beat a a possibly Tennessee, you know, um, a Michigan? Can they beat any of these teams? And I just look at this offense right now and I say, absolutely not. I mean, it's just, it's not there for me right now. So uh, that's where I sit on Clemson, man.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think I totally agree with you. I, I know. When we get to the rankings too, I know we keep on uh, alluding to that. We'll, we'll drop those mm-hmm. rankings here in just a minute. But like, yeah, I, I, I know I agree with you. I know Britain agrees with you based on uh, based on our rankings. But you mm-hmm. know, Britain, what do you see with this Clemson team? Comparing them to the top, you know, top four or five teams right now.
3: Uh, like you said, I'll be honest with you. I didn't really like putting them in my top four anyway, or in my top five. I mean, mm-hmm. but. For right now, you know, there are teams that struggle, but they find a way to win. And Clemson's has done it for several years. You know, they've been able to to keep it up. So I I did put them in my top five, spoiler alert, but it wasn't an easy decision. And and honestly, like I said, I I had at least three other teams I thought about putting in before them. And you know what, by next week, that'll probably change. Um, If a couple of these other teams, you know, like TCU or... You know, teams, teams along those lines, they continue to, to show what they've got. I don't know, man. Just Like I said, I think the biggest thing for me is is Clemson's offense just isn't – they're not good enough to, to put up the points consistently and to play with these teams like in Alabama or in Ohio State or any of these other teams that, we're, that we have in our top five or even in the top ten per se. I just don't know that they would even be, you know, be – close enough games against some of the some of these guys so yeah. i don't know i'm just not really high on clemson right now um i do have them in my top five but that's likely to probably change here here before too long
1: yeah and i think just overall you gotta you gotta you kind of alluded to it britain you know just the fact that you know clemson's done this in the past we've talked about how their schedule wasn't that tough And then they go on to win a national championship. So I'm not counting them out. And I think their defense, especially the way that their defense came out in that second half, that's why I think you still got to count them in it. Uh, And and if they end up winning, I don't see, you know, if they end up winning the ACC, you know, you look at the rest of their schedule, they got Notre Dame, Louisville, Miami, and then South Carolina. That's looking at that schedule. I think they win out and then to go into the, the ACC championship. And I just think that if they do end up winning that ACC championship, I still think that they're up there in the top four, uh, playing mm-hmm. for the playoffs too. Uh, just, sure. just realistically. So, I mean, that's why I feel like you still got to count them up in there
3: too. Like you said, their defense and Chipley are the two strong, strong suits for this team right now. Uh, without them, you know, really makes you wonder.
1: Should we, should we yes. jump over to Ohio State and the slaughter that they had there? Let's do it. <laughs> So we got number two, Ohio state hosting Iowa Blake And I talked about this. I kind of wonder, I I don't know if I'm the first one to point this out or not, but it is shocking. Like we mentioned, Blake, you know, like Ohio state has only played one road game so far. And that was at Mm -hmm. Michigan state. So, I mean, you look at, at this Ohio state team right now, that's the reason why I kind of look at them now. And I'm backing up. I'm saying, wait, you guys have played this many home games. You're doing what you got to do though. So that's why I can't count them out. I can't say that they're, that they're not good enough. You know, they are. And, and they still look like the best team, and they look like they still need improvement when you look at this Iowa game. Uh, because, you know, you look at at uh, Ohio State, they turned the ball over a couple of times. The mm-hmm. only touchdown that was led up uh, against Iowa was Iowa's defense scooping and scoring. So, I mean, you just look at the way that Ohio State's playing. I think their defense, we talked about that, their defense has improved big time. Uh, and so Jim Knowles and what he's done there. Uh, and I don't, you know, I, I just look at, Ohio State so far into the season and the only thing that concerns me is man you guys have been playing at home this whole season and even looking forward to really the toughest game of their season Michigan that's at home too so all of these mm-hmm. games being a home that kind of concerns me about their their uh, you know their postseason I still think that I still think that they're probably one of the toughest teams if not the toughest team in the nation but it's just a little concerning and now they're going to have a test next week against Penn State and and let's let's also mention Penn State looked good against Minnesota and, and handled business there so does that maybe create a little bit of a narrative narrative there um, but overall Blake what would you see from this Ohio State team the way that they handled Iowa
2: you know Josh it, it was it was expected it was expected I knew this Iowa team they couldn't move the football their offense is absolutely putrid i mean it is it is just a thing of the early 2000s where you just have a coach that doesn't want to adapt and he has his son as an offensive coordinator and it's just it's it's played out football and it's not good football and it's not 2022 uh, ncaA college football uh, offense so it, it's just It is exactly – it played out exactly how I thought it would. Uh, You know, Ohio State's defense dominates. And like you said, Iowa's defense would keep them in it for a little while. They would create a turnover. And they did, and that was the only way they actually scored. So, you know, I mean, this Ohio State team still has question marks. You know, like you said, we haven't seen them go on the road yet and take on a quality opponent
3: Are you an experienced healthcare professional ready for a change? UNM Hospital is hiring. Visit us at unmhjobs.com and explore a multitude of career opportunities at UNM Hospital. At our teaching hospital and level one trauma facility, you will deliver more to our community at UNM Hospital. Visit unmhjobs.com to learn more. University of New Mexico Hospital is an
0: equal opportunity employer.
2: I'm waiting on that. I do think that right now they are the best team in the country. I do uh, think that they have the best offense in the country right there along with Tennessee. But until they take their talents on the road and uh, face a quality opponent, then, you know, I'm going to have my question marks. So you know i think cj stroud is super talented and this game went exactly the way that i think everybody thought it would be and ohio state beat down i actually had ohio state minus 29 and a half on my parlay that hit last night so that's that's about uh, how i felt about it right there yeah yeah i
1: saw that parlay you had too that was a nice nice looking one you know you had yeah. a lot in there too a lot of jampack um but you mentioned cj stroud anytime that he's he's able to go and, and I, I do think this is probably, up to this point of the season, I think this is the toughest defense they've faced. So, yeah. you know, I think that's still something to be recognized. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so it's not like they were going against a cupcake defense. This defense is the only thing about Iowa. It's just really hard for a defense to do anything when their offense can't move the ball and is off the exactly. field super quick. And, you know, six turnovers for this Iowa offense. Yeah. You know, that's – I mean, Iowa's offense, like you said, they are. They're they're horrible. They're the worst. Uh, and, and C.J. Stroud, 67%, four touchdowns to yep. the air. So, I mean, he's just he, – he looks great.
2: And real quick, Josh, man, that, that's another thing about this Iowa team. It doesn't help when your quarterback, the first play of the game, throws it to the other team. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, I just – I mean, that's all you have at Iowa. Like, you don't have anybody else. There's nothing – I mean, I mean, we don't have somebody else. Like, there's just nobody over there on the bench that we can go to that can create a spark or anything like that. I mean, right before half, well, it was 16 to 10 right before half, and and you know they turned it over again. So I mean, yeah. you know, you you have this amazing defense. I tweeted out yesterday. I said, you know, if I'm an Iowa fan, I feel absolutely terrible, and and I think it's a fireable offense to have this good of a defense. With that bad of an offense, like yeah. and- I don't care how many times you've went eight and four over a 20 year span or, or you know, you went to a Big Ten championship or whatever. But for your defense to be that good and your offense to not even be able to they're, they're probably not going to get to a bowl game. I mean, no. I I. It's 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 pathetic, man. So yeah,
1: and that 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 first interception was just horrible too. Like it, it was right to him. Yeah, it was right to the defender. No receivers around them. Nope. It no, it wasn't didn't commu- miscommunication. Nothing. It was just horrible. Uh, Britton, I know you love to hate on Iowa, so take it away, man.
2: Oh, I,
3: I'll, I'll take this one. Um, I watched that game pretty close. Uh, like you said, we all three of our teams had bye week. Um, and then I was looking at I wanted to watch the Illinois game yesterday because that's when Nebraska plays Saturday. Oh, well, they had a bye week too, of course. So yeah, I definitely paid attention to this game. Um, Iowa's defense is really good, but for for Ohio State to make the adjustments that they did, especially in the second half was was really the telltale sign for me that to say that Ohio State's the real deal. This is the best defense they've played all year. It might be the best defense that they play. All year period, um, with the exception maybe Michigan's up there fairly close, but um, yeah, I mean, hats off to Brian Ferentz. He finally learned how to bench his quarterback. Um, yeah, Iowa's offense is just just terrible. Six turnovers mm-hmm. yesterday. Um, they had, uh, I think they scored they scored three points all game on offense. One field goal. I'm pretty sure that came off of uh, a big pass interference that got him down there. Uh, that I thought was somewhat questionable anyway. But, you know, that's, that's just the thing. Is I think Ohio State, personally, right now, is the best team in the country. Um, I have Ohio State winning the national championship this year, as of right now. Uh, when CJ Stroud's out there, lighting up like he has been, I think he's the best quarterback right now. Um, Marvin Harrison Jr. is one of the best wide receivers in the country, hands down, um, with the exception of Trey Palmer from Nebraska. We just uh, <laughs> set the records, even though we lost. Um,
1: and just to that point, we talked about this. I think we've talked about it a few times, but I know Blake and I just talked about it, you know, where Ohio State in the receiving core, like we, we literally sat here. We, we heard everybody talk in the off season about, well, Chris Olave is not there. That's a huge question mark. And, and again, mm. that's stupid, you know, cause this is an Ohio State team. So first of all, we have, uh, Smith and Jigba come in, and he shows that he can be the the guy you can lean on. And then whenever he's down and out, Egbuca steps up. And when he's down and out, or maybe he's not able to do much, Marvin Harrison Jr. comes up. And yesterday, mm-hmm. Julian Fleming was the leading receiver. Yeah. So we just see like a receiving core that just never ends. And I'm yeah. just wondering where the where the ceiling is for this receiving core for this offense, because even with an offense who turned it over twice, you know they had uh, one interception and one fumble. Uh, You know, even with that, they still end up scoring 56 points like or 54 points, excuse me. So, you know, I I just don't see how with this offense. And and then also, like you said, Britton, uh, just with I I do see Ohio State possibly being the team to win it all. Just because Mm -hmm. what other team can you name one other team that is this balanced? You know, there is no other team that has this good of an offense and this good of a defense so far.
3: Uh, And, and, And you said it right there, too is I think that's been the downfall of, of Ohio State in the past several years is they have always have a really good offense, but their defense has some question marks. Yeah, you know, absolutely. but this year I feel like it is is that year where where their defense is just really taking a step forward, uh, along with their offense just, you know, continuing to be how they always are. Yeah. Um and like I said, I mean this receiving core, they've got some good running backs. They then they're just really potent on offense, man. They're just they can move the ball at will. They can score quick. They can take a long drive down the field. They can do with you whatever they want on offense right now. Um, and with the defense, is playing the way that they are. Uh, that's a scary team to be reckoned with. Uh, you know, down the road. Um, I personally think that they. I think they'll beat Penn State next week. Um, and you know, Michigan's playing some good ball right now too. So we'll see. See where that all all falls. I think that's the last game of the year uh, before the Big 12, Big Ten Championship game. Um, so yeah. we'll we'll see.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, it's it's just it's scary just how balanced they are, you know. And, and you're right. And and we've talked about that too with Jim Knowles coming. And, and I think a lot of people have mentioned that coming into the season is just with Jim Knowles. I I had 100% faith in him because he did that at Oklahoma State in just a, a short period of time. Mm-hmm. So I I definitely know he can do that. When you look at Ohio State and seeing that they have the talent, that they're always able to bring in. Uh, you know, uh, I, I just. Like I said, I think this is the most balanced team right now. Uh, it's just how much of a test have they seen so far? How much are they able to actually uh, stand up against? That's the only question mark I have with them right now. But other than that, they're they are the most balanced and, and really mm-hmm. one of the best teams in the nation for sure.
2: Yeah, Josh. Forget, special no, teams is pretty me. good too. Yeah. Yep. I, and 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 that's what I was going to say. Is is yeah. uh, they're good in all three facets of the game, right? And I'm right there with you guys. I think that they are the number one team in the country right now. And I think right now, if I had to pick a team to win the national championship, it would be Ohio state, but there's a test next week. And so Mm -hmm. uh, I I really want to watch that one. And we saw what Michigan got to do with that test that Ohio state gets next week. So but uh, let, let's let's watch this Ohio State team next week and then we can go from there. And so yeah. uh, that the game is shaping up to be uh, another another spectacular football game. So I, I can't wait for that one. Yeah.
1: And I, and I think that's the one that really puts them over the top if they come and play well in that game, too. Mm-hmm. Um, but should we go ahead and jump over now to UCLA, Oregon? Uh, another really fun game. Uh, I mean, Blake, I'll, I'll give it to you. You called this one for sure. Uh, I, I just didn't know if Oregon was going to be able to pull it out. I mean, I just haven't seen enough from them to say that they were, they were solid enough. And just from the fact that UCLA has been so good this year, they, like, like we mentioned too, they've just been so physical and so powerful. Uh, mm-hmm. and it, it started off. And and another thing that you called out was the high scoring game too. Um, just yeah. because, you know, it started off where, you know, in the, at the end of the first quarter, I'm thinking like. Maybe this won't be as, as big of a game as, as you know a big scoring game as we thought, um, but you know it shaped out to be that way later on in the game. You know, especially in that second quarter, we see both teams score double digits. Uh, it was a fun one, uh, Britton. Were you able to catch a whole lot of that that Oregon UCLA game and see how how that Pac-12 showed on
0: with?
3: Yeah, I did. I, I watched. Uh, I kind of went back and forth between that and a few other games. Uh, Oregon, you know, rocking their their cool jerseys that they had there, um, like always. Little pink on them this time for October breast breast cancer. Um, I assume that's what it was for anyway. But man, their offense just looked uh, looked pretty good. I was I was kind of surprised to see. I guess just how lopsided that game ended up being overall. Um, like you said, UCLA um, has put up a show put on a show uh, week in and week out. So that's uh, I think that was really definitely a testament of how how good this Oregon team maybe really is. Um, I'm probably like you, Josh. I didn't really. I don't know. I wasn't so hyped on Oregon, you know, quite yet. But I think yesterday kind of put them over the top for me uh, to say, you know, they may end up uh, winning the Pac-12 this year, I think. And uh, you know, really going from there, I think there's a there's a chance that they can. I'd have to look at the rest of their schedule, but if they could win out, there's not there's certainly a chance that they could be a a playoff team if they can continue to to roll on offense like they are.
1: Yeah, yeah, I know. I know Blake was going off, you know, the other day, you know, about how. Hey, listen, don't count this team out and what what a lot of a lot of the narrative that's going around is if UCLA doesn't win out, they're the last undefeated team in the Pac-12 and the way that the mm-hmm. Pac-12 looks right now, they're probably not going to get into the playoffs and like I said the other day, I think based on how the committee is, I'm not sure. I don't know how how a Pac-12 team gets in with the way it seems that it would lay out. But, you know, just looking at how it could end up end up falling out, I think Personally, I feel like a Pac-12 champion, uh, if they only have one loss, they need to get in. And I know you felt that way too, Blake.
2: Yeah, and, and here's my thing with that is we all pointed it out. Uh, we, we've seen people lose in the first couple of weeks uh, in previous years and be a completely different football team at the end of the year. And look, Oregon might stumble again. They might fall, and and all this might be a mute point, but right now, this isn't the same Oregon team that went to Atlanta, Georgia to play Georgia in the first week of the season in the uh, Mercedes-Benz Stadium. This isn't the same football team. It's not, all right? Now, do I think they would beat Georgia if they played again? Absolutely not, but Things are starting to click uh, up there in Eugene, and Bo Nix is fiz- is figuring it out. I know that they play in a fl- they play flag football, and you know they they don't play defense, and and you know it's just it looks like a game of two hand touch out there. It really does, man. I mean, there's no defense out there. But look, Oregon, the difference in the game, in my opinion, is in the first half. Oregon held UCLA to two field goals, and Oregon was scoring touchdowns. They, when Oregon got it, they were moving the ball, getting the ball down the field. Bo Nix throwing the ball vertically deep down the field. He was he was hitting guys, and, and Oregon was just running up and down on them. And th- that was the difference to me, is when Oregon, Oregon scored a touchdown, UCLA, a field goal. And in the Pac-12, that can't happen. And DTR like what I, he almost threw for 300 yards, or I, I believe, and and uh, yeah. I think Charbonnet almost ran for 200, if I'm not mistaken. I think he had a really nice game. So it's not like you know UCLA didn't move the football, but settling for those field goals in the first half really hurt UCLA on the road in Eugene. And in the second half, man, it was just a well oiled machine from Oregon. I mean, they were. They were absolutely rolling. Bo Nix with the deep ball. And yeah,
3: I'll right. say, how, how pretty is the deep ball?
2: Man. It's, it's
1: nice this year.
3: D- it's Look, so good. It's and, so and, and,
2: and, and one thing I want to say to Auburn fans real quick, because I know there's been some chatter yesterday while the game was going on, and they were like, oh, well, you know, Bo Nix is doing this. Like, we messed up. But Bo Nix made a business decision. And, and I'm an Auburn fan, die hard. And what he did is he looked at what Auburn had returning, and he looked at the current state of the Auburn program and said, hey, I, I don't know if I could see myself getting drafted in this situation. So what I'm going to do is is I'm going to back out of the situation. I'm going to transfer to an old offensive coordinator that I was under at Auburn in in Dillingham, and he's with Lanning out at Oregon now, and I'm gonna go up there because I already know the offense, I know how it works, and I'm gonna go get in a conference that doesn't play any defense, and I'm gonna stat pad. All right, I'm I'm gonna put up some stats, and I'm gonna I'm gonna you know uh, spread it out and throw the football all around the yard, and that's what he did. So if you're an Auburn fan, don't get on Twitter and be like, oh, you know, I hate Bo Nix. You know, uh, I've laughed a couple times, you know, here and there, but. Well- uh, I've made some jokes here and there, uh, some Nix jokes, but as far as rooting against him, absolutely not. I, I hope they do win out, and I hope they do make the playoffs.
1: yeah, yeah, I mean, it's it's crazy too, when you look at Bo, Nicks. we talked about this too. He's just he, we we saw game one against Georgia, and we said, man, two interceptions in one game. Nix is back. Mm-hmm. You know that's, that's how he plays. But then ever since that game, the rest of those games, it's it's all been uh, what five games in a row now only yeah. one interception in those games and now in this game no interceptions and he threw the ball really well he he mm-hmm. threw the ball close to 80% like 78% there so I mean yep. he, he did really good and it wasn't like he just threw maybe 10 or 15 passes he had 20 20 some passes you know yeah. so i mean and then uh, five touchdowns through the air over 200 passing yards i mean this this guy was just on fire mm-hmm. uh, you know and, and and really close to 300
3: so and to yeah. Blake's point, let's, let's remember their loss this year. A, they're a different team now than what they were, and B, it was a loss to Georgia. Yeah. So we got to we got to put that into accountability as well. You know, this is it, a, this is a much improved team, and it, and it was a that, loss to Georgia. Exactly. That, that's not side out of a loss. That's like exactly. having your one loss to Alabama and being like, "Oh, the season's over." That that's crazy.
2: Exactly. Yeah. And, Josh, real quick, man, do you, do you remember uh, when we did the preview to this game, I laid out to you how Oregon could still make the playoffs and what yeah. they needed in order to for that to happen. And guess who lost yesterday? One of the people, one of the teams that I said needed to lose, and that was the Ole Miss Rebels. Okay, so the chips are starting to fall for Oregon to make this playoff run, okay, and and that is how it's gonna happen. Is you're gonna need these SEC powers to start falling. Uh, you really need Alabama to lose one. You really need, uh, you you know, you need Georgia with that Tennessee matchup. You need Georgia to take a loss and everything. So I mean, they, the chips have gotta fall, man, for for Oregon to make this. But for people to say that they just don't have a shot to get in the playoffs, I, I don't I don't like that take. Yeah, yeah, I totally
1: agree. I think they still have a shot and it's it's laid out and you kind of already alluded to it, so let's go ahead and jump into it. Number seven Ole Miss at LSU. Uh we we talked about this one, and it seems like LSU has the upper hand, mainly because of that home home stadium, you know. And being that that two thirty slot, you know, are they gonna be able to stand up and actually go against this Ole Miss team who does look pretty good, but they just haven't had like a solid win where we look at Ole Miss and like Man, Ole Miss, they deserve to be top 10. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I think they deserve to be top 10 because of their record. Uh, but looking at them overall, I just wasn't sure about Ole Miss. I think they, they were good. But this game kind of shows you just how much uh, you know, how much that team really has around them. And I think Jackson Dark coming into the season, I wanted him out of the transfer portal. I was like, that kid, I, I want him on, on Oklahoma's team so that we can fill in that, that spot of, uh, of Caleb Williams leaving. And uh-huh. now looking at him, I'm, I'm not too upset that he didn't pick Oklahoma. Uh, he's he's uh-huh. not really throwing a great ball. He's, you know, he's not throwing darts all over the field uh, and pun intended. Uh, but, you know, I just I, I look at Jackson Dart the way that he's been playing. And uh-huh. I don't see that offense moving the way that you would expect an Ole Miss offense under uh, Lane Kiffin to be run. And especially whenever LSU's kind of been knocked down just a little bit this year in the sense that they expected more out of their team. Uh, this year. And, and you can see that even from the fans, they expected more. And I think they're still kind of expecting a little too much out of their, out of their team. But LSU ends up winning this one 45 to 20 Britain. Uh, I mean, it, how good is, is Brian Kelly doing at LSU? And how how, how good did they do in this game?
0: voice of a winner
3: yeah I think yeah I think they played well I think the biggest thing for me was a LSU's offense the way that they just rolled and I didn't I didn't necessarily expect that I I thought Old Mess's defense could could stand up to the test and you know keep this uh, a closer game than what it was but man the LSU the offensive line had you know protection all day they were open up holes in the run game um just all over the field on the offense uh, they look good, and then and then again, LSU's defense uh, really stood up yesterday. Um, after a, f- a few big plays here and there, um, they settled down in the game and they they really stood up uh, to Ole Miss. And I was I was certainly shocked. I thought that this would be uh, a much closer game. I wouldn't have been surprised if you'd have told me that you know LSU took the win here, uh, but to, to do it in such fashion is is what really uh, surprised me. I think LSU's the real deal. They're definitely a team uh, to to continue to watch for sure.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I like to give shout outs to really our team here. Cause like, this is something I tweeted out yesterday, you know, like, yeah, we may be a little home homegrown podcast right now, but mm. you know, we're, we're not, we're not, we don't have like, to take all of our credibility away is kind of nonsense. You know, like we, we still watch sports. We still understand sports. All three of us have played sports too. Right. So like, yeah. we understand sports and, yeah. you know, so to knock us out, how about you give us a listen and pay attention to us a little bit just to kind of, before you start to take that credibility away. You know, I and I just mm-hmm. want to give us shout outs whenever we talk about it, because we talked about uh, in the past how Jaden Daniels just needs to air it out. And, you know, and, mm-hmm. and we look at it, the more that he starts to, the more you see he's being, being comfortable. We talked about that a lot too, Blake, uh, mm-hmm. you know, so just seeing Jaden Daniels, he came away with this, with 248 yards, 21 for 28. So that's close to 80% right there. Isn't it? So, I mean, I mean, he's just, He's throwing at, at, a, at a very good rate right now. He didn't throw any interceptions uh, and, and two touchdowns through the air, too. So, I mean, I just how, how great has he been? And then, like Britain said, this LSU offense, too.
2: So, Josh, man, my thing with Jaden Daniels is I truly believe that the SEC is starting to slow down for Jaden Daniels. I think that he is realizing that he can take a shot down the field. Uh, I I think he's starting to realize that he has elite playmakers on the outside. They can run the football at LSU. And the biggest thing, like we talked about in the preview to this football game, was last week Auburn showed you that you could impose your will in the trenches against Ole Miss. And that is why I never believed Ole Miss to be a top ten football team. I did it. Uh, I watched Tank Bigsby behind one of the worst offensive lines in Auburn football history, Uh, absolutely gash them. And that's what I said in the preview is LSU was going to line up and they're going to tote the rock right down your throat and they're going to force Ole Miss to stop it. And, you know, what did did, uh, Ole Miss give up? They almost give up 300 yards rushing, am I right? Yes. Yeah, 252 yards. LSU had 252 yards rushing. Um, and that's why, you know, I just don't believe Ole Miss is a top 10 football team. I'm sorry. You know, I just, I don't. And uh, until you get a defense over there that can stop the run, because don't get it twisted, man. The name of the game in the SEC, even though it looks all flashy and everything, it's still to line up and run the football. All right. And if you can't do it in the Southeastern Conference, you're not going to win. You're not going to, if you can't stop it in the Southeastern Conference, you're not going to win a lot of ball games. And, you know, this LSU team, their defense, man, their defense, you know, it was that bend but don't break yesterday. That Jackson Dart was moving Ole Miss down the field, and, uh, and he had an uh, – I don't – look, some of the throws that he makes, man, just are kind of – I don't know, they're mind-boggling. Uh, he just put it up in the end zone and LSU picked it. And that was also another thing that me and you talked about, Josh, was Jackson Dart likes to throw it to the other team a lot, a lot. He likes to toss it to the other color jersey way too much. And, you know, that's Ole Miss right now. That's Ole Miss. I know their fans get all hyped up and everything because, oh, they were undefeated and they were top seven in the country. But this is one reason why I think Lane Kiffin leaves Ole Miss is because this is what you are all right this is this is what you are you're a baseball school i mentioned that to you the other day Uh, you're never going to really be competitive in football i mean you know every now and then they're going to win nine ten games a year and they're going to have you know a little momentum but majority of the time they're going to be fighting for last place in the sec west that's how it's been for majority of my life and you know, they're one of, they're one of four teams that have never played in the SEC championship game. So let that sink in, uh, how you will with Ole Miss football. So that's my take on it, man. Uh, Brian Kelly doing magical things down at LSU.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and a, a lot of hate was coming towards Brian Kelly when he lost to Florida, you know, Florida state was a big one where I think a lot of people were upset with him, him having two losses on the season. He's, he looks good down in LSU. All right. and, and, mm-hmm. And, and we kind of talked about this uh, comparison, I think, uh, but just looking, we, we've talked about Josh Heupel coming in first year, exceeded expectations at Tennessee. Now mm-hmm. we see uh, Brian Kelly, and I think when you're being realistic with the expectations, he's exceeding expectations right now. Uh, and so, mm-hmm. you know, he's putting together a good program where they started off slow, but they're getting things rolling. Jaden Daniels, for example, we talked about that run game. They get that run game, and guess what that opens up for Jaden Daniels? He had a 34-yard pass, a 38-yard pass, mm-hmm. pass, a 20-yard pass, a 17-yard pass, 14-yard pass. He had double-digit uh, yardages and some of these long throws that he's making right now. Yeah, I get some of that's re- you know, re- receiving after catch, uh, the rack mm-hmm. or yak, because Britton and I had a little debate over that. Uh, so
3: well, I, I want to finish that. that debate real quick. What, what do you call it, run after catch or yards after catch? I've always called it yak. He was calling it rack yards exactly.
2: I, I call it yak yards
1: up to okay.
3: Yet. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah,
1: see, so I yeah. just I had to I honestly never really heard it called that. Uh and and he was calling yak, and I was like, No, it's rack. We looked it up. Both are both are correct. But yeah, you know, yeah. yeah, so yeah. Yeah, but you know, just, just the fact that we see Jaden Daniels being able to light it up through the air now, that LSU offense looks scary now. Mm-hmm. And I think we've all kind of touched on that. It's it's just yeah. fun to see LSU doing good uh this late in the season now. Mm-hmm. But let's go ahead and jump over uh, number 20, Texas at number 11, Oklahoma state. We talked about this game. This is one of them we looked at. We said, this is kind of for a little bit of, uh, you know, momentum trying to win that big 12. The big 12 was probably the most competitive from top to bottom uh, conference this year. And, you know, it's, it's crazy to think that, but we even Britain, you and I talked about this when we were going through our, our preseason predictions, you know, the, the Big 12 looks really tough this year, and two of those teams that we mentioned were Texas and Oklahoma State. Uh, go ahead and talk about this game, man. Like the, it was, it was crazy to look at.
3: Yeah, so you know, Texas to me, with Quinn Ewers in there, they seem different. I mean, you watch the Alabama game; uh, you watch some of the some of these throws that kids making. I didn't really know what to think about him before the season. Um, but yeah, Quinn Ewers was has definitely showed so far to be the real deal. Um, but man, Oklahoma State—they just find a way. Um, Oklahoma State may be one of I think probably the top two in the in the in the uh, conference. But man, Oklahoma State year in and year out has has started to show how good that they are. Um, and man, their defense is really starting to step up too. Um, I was kind of surprised to be honest with you. I thought maybe this would be a Texas win. I um, actually had Texas winning that game. Um, but I, I didn't watch that game you know, all the way through, but I definitely kept my eyes on it, um, kept flipping back and forth. And to see that you know, Oklahoma State found a way to come out and get the win, um, they, they really fought that whole game. And that's that's kind of one thing that really shows you a good team is when you can have adversity and hit you in the mouth and find a way to come out and get the W. That's That yeah. was what was most impressive to me. We all knew Oklahoma State was good. We all knew that they had a good solid team. Uh, they play all three facets of the game very well. Mm-hmm. but but to me, that's what you need. You need a team that can really you know show you that they they can fight adversity and come out with a win. So it was very impressive for Oklahoma State. Uh, they're now number one, aren't they? Or I guess no, TCU they- being number one still.
1: Yeah, they, I think they'd be ranked number two in the in the Big Twelve. But yeah. still, like I said, I still think this is one of the most competitive because you have a lot of teams still in it right now too. That's what's crazy.
3: Well, um, yeah, when you're talking about the Big Twelve, you've got you know Baylor, uh, Kansas State. Uh, we all thought Kansas for a minute, maybe not anymore. Um, you know, you got Baylor, Oklahoma State. You know, you've got several teams up top that are really any one of them could win. Uh, and, win, it, win you, the, the championship this year easily.
1: You even look 12. at the bottom right now, the, at the very bottom of the big 12 right now is Iowa state. And they've been in, been in all of the games that they lost They're They're 0 and four, I think in the big 12 right now, but they've been in all of those games. And that's just what I mean by that competitiveness in the mm-hmm. big 12. Uh, and it is crazy. And, and Blake, we talked about the defense needs to stand up. The defense is going to win. We talked about Texas winning this game because Texas's defense has been good. And, I don't really blame this one totally on the Texas defense because we all three have talked about Quinn Ewers. Man, this kid looks good. But Quinn Ewers with three interceptions on the game, I think that hurts the defense. That puts the defense in a really tight spot to really allow this comeback. Uh, Blake, what would you see in this game, man?
2: I'll be honest with you. It's short and sweet for me. Uh, It's because, you know, you lost this game because of Quinn Ewers. Uh, He threw three picks. He was 19 of 49. That's dreadful you're not going to win many football games uh, playing the quarterback position like that. Uh, You know, the defense from Texas, they had some missed tackles and, and, and busted coverages. And, you know, I mean, I just, I, I can't put it on the defense. I can't, I got to put it on Quinn Ewers, man. I have to, his, his play was not up to par yesterday and uh, you know, they were on the road and we all know that's a tough place to win. And, I feel like I feel like Oklahoma State was trying to give it to Texas right there at the end. I feel like they were handing it to them on a silver platter, saying, "Here, take it." Like we want you to win this football game, and Texas just—you know—I mean, Bijan Robinson, we—he is what he is. I mean, he's an electric player. He went over a hundred yards yesterday, uh, like he always does, and and you know, I just feel like, even though I think he had twenty-four rushes or whatever, uh, I'm. I'm not exactly sure on that, but, yeah. you know, sometimes, man, I think you, when you have a player like him, I think that you have to get him the ball even more than what you do at the end of games. And uh, just watching that that final possession, you know, and, and I know you have to stretch the ball down the field and everything, but, man, Bijan has the ability to take it to the house anytime he touches it. And I just feel like, you know, you, you didn't give it to him uh, enough right there at the end, at, towards the end of the game. But 19 of 49 is hard for me to pin it on the defense with three picks. And uh, I know Quinn is very young. I know you're going to have games like this. A freshman is going to make freshman mistakes, and it happens. And I know the one at the very end, I don't want to put on. I don't want to say that's totally his fault because the ball hit the guy right in the bread basket. I mean, hitting right square dead in the hands and he dropped it and uh, it, you know, it tipped up and, and Oklahoma State got the tip drill. So, yeah. you know, uh, it's tough. Uh, Texas will be good. I think that Steve Sarkeesian is the right guy at Texas. I think they will eventually get it figured out and it's showing this year. How much better than how much better they are than they have been in the past. So uh, Oklahoma State, really good club. Uh, Derek Mason defense. You know they made enough plays to win. I still don't trust Oklahoma State's defense. Uh, I I just I like TCU in the Big Twelve, man. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Did, did anybody
3: so. else feel like Texas just they didn't really show up this game? It didn't feel like the same Texas we yeah. watched all year. They yeah, it was a ridden. flat performance. It just was, and I feel like every – and Texas is a good team. I think we all agree on that. But the thing is, like, if you're – you, there's a, a difference between being a good team and maybe being a top 25 team throughout the season or whatever and being the team that just finds a way to win every That's every every game. You're going to come out flat, and you're going to have the off week, but you have to be – a great team finds a way to get the win. So yeah. that that was a
2: difference for me. Yeah, great point.
1: And and hats off to Oklahoma State, like Britton said, to to find that you know fight back against that adversity and come out with the win because mm-hmm. it was a hard to, a hard fought win for them. I don't think it was easy, but there were times where it just seems like and, and you brought it up too, nineteen for forty nine, Quinn. Like that's that's not that's not starter material. You you can't start with with that, and and it, it doesn't come down to where you know he's a bad quarterback. I don't think that's the case mm-hmm. at all. He's just got some growing and, uh, you know, he's, 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 he's got to, he's got to find his way back in there. You know, he's just, he had a bad game uh, and, and, you know, you could, you could write this one off, move on to the next one. Uh, But yeah, it was an ugly performance by by Texas, especially their defense uh, to the point that, you know, they weren't able to stop on the state's offense. But I think ultimately, like you said, Blake, I think I, I do lean this one on Quinn Ewers quite a bit. Um, Let's go ahead and jump into Kansas State TCU. This was a fun game, uh, yeah, especially if you watched that first that first half. Starting off, we have Adrian Martinez come out, and we didn't really understand why he came out. You could tell he was in pain. I'm kind of wondering if it was maybe a concussion protocol thing. I didn't hear anything from the commentators.
3: No, um, what, it, what it was is he's had kind of a little bit of an injury on his leg, and you could tell he kind of winced a little bit in pain. I think it's just a, a nagging pain that he's had. Um, and listen I mean the backup came in and, and played pretty well uh, went down and scored a touchdown on, on his first drive there so I think that he's kind of rode with him keep Martinez safe there's a lot of ball games left uh, left to play but I think I think that's what it was it's just kind of a nagging pain um, for, for well, Martinez I,
1: I think you're you're understating it too the backup will Howard comes in I don't think he just did pretty good he did amazing like starting off anyways yeah. man that kid that kid was throwing the ball around he started off like five for five I think. In His first five mm-hmm. passes, and they weren't easy passes. He was threading it over the top of a middle linebacker and underneath a safety, kind of passes. Mm-hmm. I mean, those those are passes that that that's experience, you know. And the, he was he was throwing it really well. And I'm just thinking, like, man, this kid can throw the ball really well. Two touchdowns really fast there when he first came out. I mean, he he played really well. And the only thing was, it seemed like that K State offense was still trying to run an Adrian Martinez type offense where they can expect Adrian Martinez athleticism and hmm. he just wasn't as good as Adrian Martinez athletically, uh, and, and that did kind of hurt him. Uh, like you said before we started recording, Britton, you know, like I, I do think if Adrian Martinez is in this game, K-State probably still comes out, at least keeping it closer. I know they don't put a goose egg in the second half, um, but what do you think about this game overall?
3: Yeah, again, I think, uh, like you said, I think the backup came in and, and played a solid game in the first half. You know, he went out a little bit towards I think maybe the second half. He ended up getting dinged up a little bit They try to get him back out as quickly as possible. But well, listen, I mean, I think before this game, what I said was this game's gonna come down to turnovers. And let's face it, Martinez is has changed this year. He's the guy that doesn't turn the ball over and he just plays. He might not have, you know, a blowout game where he just puts up tons and tons of yards, but he's a very <laughs> manageable quarterback. He plays well. Uh, you saw in the very first play, uh, he took off and I think ran for 13, 14 yards or something like that. When you have him induced in the backfield, that's so hard to prepare for. Uh, also this, the scramble drill, like you said uh, earlier, planning, you know, a game against uh, a guy like Martinez where he can, he can beat you with his athleticism and he can roll out of the pocket and, and really hurt you. And who knows, he may break off for 50, 60 yards down the field. Uh, when you get a guy like that out that early. I think that was really the the game changer. I do still had a pretty good game uh, himself, but man, uh, TCU started slow, but, but found the rhythm towards the second half. And uh, I really do think that, you know, Martinez being in this game, I think Kansas state has every chance to win that game uh, and nothing against the backup quarterbacks that played. Um, mm-hmm. But really that, that end, the end of the the second half there, the turnover is what, what killed Kansas state in that game. Um, and I thought, you know, I didn't really think TCU's defense played all that great. I think they played decent, but I didn't think they played all that great. But if you have a little bit more more mobility at quarterback, I, I think that's a game changer right there. So uh, I hated to see that. I, I was cheering for Kansas State just because of Martinez. Um, I'll watch every game I can, uh, just support him. I'm a big Martinez fan. So nothing against Kansas State. I think they still played a hell of a game, and and honestly, that's something good for Kansas State you know, they got to see a backup come in and play like that. That's the future of your program. So, you know, there's, there's definitely some bright spots at Kansas state in the future.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I I think when, when you look at how Kansas state came in, you know, and, and they start off, the thing with TCU is that TCU came in, they were down uh, 28 to 10. They're going into halftime. They're going in and, and, and it's pretty much over at this point. And, and, they have a 90, I think it was a 91 yard drive ahead of them on offense and they go down and they score to leave only 20 seconds left on the clock there to end the half that started that momentum change right before half. Mm-hmm. So a huge, huge momentum change and a perfect time to do it for TCU. Uh, so for TCU to come back like that, and then in the second half, that defense to stand up and, and, and make the stand that they make. Uh, I mean, that, that was, that was incredible. Uh, and, and I feel really bad. I can't remember, it was it Rubenick or something like that? I can't remember the, the third-string quarterback. He came in, only one pass, and the dude throws an interception. Like, yeah. man, yeah. you're trying to get your, your, your team back in this. You can't do that, you know, and so it's just – it's it's tough. But, you know, TCU's defense takes a stand. We talked about this, Blake, how TCU can't keep on coming from behind like they did against Oklahoma State and now against K-State. Uh, you know, what did you see in this game from from both teams, really?
2: Man, that's my that's my one biggest thing with TCU is uh, you gotta stop you gotta stop starting so slow, man. Because you know, hey, you've had magic the past two weeks with being able to come back in the second half, and that's cool and all. But uh, you know, if if you want us to to take you serious in a in a Big Twelve championship game or you know um, a college football playoff contender, then you gotta start imposing your will in the. First half, man, and you getting diced up by a backup in the first half, and just uh, just look non-competitive on defense. I mean, there was a third and sixteen, and you got a tight end over the middle of the field, wide open with nobody around him, and uh, it's just it's simple things like that, man. Just um, one thing about Kansas State is their defense, man. I never thought that TCU would run for two hundred yards on a Kansas State defense. I I didn't see that happening, fellas. I I just, that is the one thing that shocked me. And uh, Max Duggan, he didn't play very, very good in the first half at all. He was short-arming some throws, leaving them in the dirt. Uh, He was uh, just kind of scattered in the pocket, man. I could tell, you know, it just, it wasn't the same performance that we're used to seeing from uh, the Duggans, you know? We call him Dougie Fresh out here. And uh, he just – he didn't look like himself. And to come out the second half, and like you mentioned, Josh, that that drive right before half, I think that is what ultimately uh, won TCU this football game is those points going into the locker room and closing it to an 11-point game is really what ultimately uh, won this football game for TCU. So coming out in the second half – I felt like TCU could do whatever they wanted to do on offense. They were running the ball for five yards of carry. Uh, they were running, you know, uh, off tackle, uh, in between the tackles, whatever. Man, they were doing anything and everything they wanted to do. And uh, and then Max Duggins hit uh, what's his name Johnston for the for the deep ball touchdown. I think that really sealed the deal there. And, uh, and, you know, Kansas State, that called a tough break, um, getting all the way down to your to your third string QB and everything. Um, I think it probably would have been a little different with Adrian Martinez staying in the game, but we'll never know. And now TCU, are they a top five team? Are they a playoff contender or are they a pretender? So that's yeah. where I'm at with that one, man. Yeah, yeah, and we still have a little bit of season like a- left for him too.
3: I've got a question yeah. for you guys. If TCU comes out and, and goes undefeated and wins the Big 12 championship,
2: they get a shot, right? Oh,
1: absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I, agree. I think it'd
2: be ridiculous not to not to put them in there. Um, it, if they don't if they don't put them in there, I'm done with college football because mm-hmm. I mean, they uh, They have to be in there. I mean, that is – if a Big 12, like Josh said a while ago, is the Big 12 is probably from top to bottom the most competitive this year. I know a lot of SEC fans um, might, you know, disagree with that. But whatever, you know, you look at top to bottom. You know, we know Oklahoma isn't having the year that we all expected and we're used to them having. But still, I mean – I wouldn't want to go in into Oklahoma having to play the Sooners anytime, you know, I mean, it's just, that's the type of competition out there. So uh, I really like the big 12 and if TCU did run the table and get left out, man, that's pathetic.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And we're talking
2: about rankings. Rankings
1: don't really matter a whole lot right now in the season, but it's always fun to kind of look at who do you see as being the top team right now? If the season was over right now, who are you putting up at your top? And so, And we dropped these, uh, I guess now we're dropping these. We came out with the, you know, kind of put together. I'll start off with mine uh, just because I know I've got a different number one than you guys have. Like I said before, the Ohio State Buckeyes, I do think they're the most balanced team. I think they're the team that when I look at, they have done the most. And I do think that they are possibly the best team in the nation. To rank them at number Mm -hmm. one is only, I I just can't do it because I haven't seen them at Penn State yet. They haven't Mm -hmm. had that road test. It's the only reason why I can't put them up there in number one yet. But but I, I see right now I put Tennessee number one. I've got Tennessee number one just because I look at their resume, what they've done. They've handled business against teams that, that they need to handle business against. And then there's even some teams where they face a little bit of adversity. We see a pretty good Florida team. I think they're getting a lot of flack for not, not really having a great record, but that Florida team's still pretty solid and tough to beat. So the way that they came out and beat that Florida team, uh, you know, and, and the way that they, they beat – uh, teams like you know Kentucky and, and Alabama coming out and winning against Alabama the, the way that they did with all of the momentum changes and, and the, the emotion going into that game. I mean, this this Tennessee team just looks very solid. looks like a really good team. Uh, and then number two, Ohio State, because I do think they're the most balanced team. Uh, no doubt I think Ohio mm-hmm. State will make it to, to the playoffs. I think they'll win the Big Ten. Uh, now moving down number three, Georgia, the only reason why I have them at number three again they haven't beat teams the way that Tennessee has. They haven't had an Alabama to go against. It's the only reason why I have Tennessee up there. Otherwise, if it wasn't for Alabama, Tennessee's probably number three or number four. For um, but Georgia, number three, I think they're solid. I, I still think they're going to be a contender in the SEC. I think they're probably I, – I think they're more balanced than Tennessee. So when I put them head-to-head, I think they might be able to beat Tennessee. But we'll, we'll see. That, that game's coming up. Uh, and then number four, Michigan, only because I think – the only real test that I've seen them against so far is Penn State, and we're still not 100% on how good Penn State really is. Uh, you know, I, I think they're a solid team. Don't get me wrong. It's just Penn State's not the not the biggest uh, win for you to put on your resume. So how, how far can Michigan go? I think it's all going to come down to that last game of the season. How, how good are they really? Are they going to be able to go against the Buckeyes? Uh, and then number five, Clemson. I feel like it's hard. We talked about this a little bit. It's hard not to put Clemson – up there in the top five just because of that defense. Uh, so I put them there at number five. Uh, if I were to go down below that, I still don't have Alabama at number six. Though honestly, I think TCU is a number six just because they're undefeated. I feel like you got to put that up there uh, right now where we're at in the season. But number five, Clemson, that's, that's where I stand. Uh, Britt, you go ahead.
3: Yeah, I, I would agree um, with a lot of that. I do have Ohio State at number one. Uh, just because I think Ohio State is the most balanced team in the country right now. They've done exactly what they need to do in every game. I think yesterday really helped me put them above you on know, Tennessee, just because they played against, in my opinion, I think probably second or third best offense in the country or defense in the country rather. Um, in Iowa, Iowa sucks, but they have a really good defense. So, you know, to see them put up the points that they did uh, against Iowa really solidified them for me. Um, I am really high on Tennessee though, so I did put them at number two. I think Tennessee's just, man, they're just lighting it up. Hooker has really impressed me this year. Uh, they're really moving the ball well. Their defense is playing well. Tennessee just looks really good this year. Um, and they haven't lost a game yet. For them to beat Alabama, that really solidified them up, up in that number two spot for me. And then, listen, Georgia. Georgia's year in and year out in the playoff you know, talk. Uh, so it's no surprise there. Georgia's a, a solid team. Um, and then Michigan, the only reason I have Michigan, uh, at number four, is just, again, I'm, I'm still curious to see, uh, when Michigan plays a team like Ohio state at the end of the year, how good is this Michigan team? Uh, they've, they've played really solid ball all year round. Um, but I am definitely curious. I'll definitely keep my eyes on that Ohio state Michigan game at the end of the year there. Um, And you know what, if Michigan and and Ohio State are both undefeated at that time and Michigan pulls up the upset, they're going to move up pretty quick for me. And then uh, Clemson. Clemson, i put them down right outside at number five for me, Um, mainly because of that game yesterday. Um, Again, I'm not really entirely sure I wanted to keep Clemson here. Clemson's really going to have to prove it to me to continue to stay in my top five. Um, But we'll see. You know, maybe maybe they had maybe was they're one of those teams that just, you know, can stick around all year and and find ways to win and and uh stay undefeated. Um but again I also have, you know, several other teams creeping up behind Clemson that could certainly take that spot if they if they can't, you know, figure something out relatively quick.
2: Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, Blake so guys uh obviously number one spot i'm i'm, I'm with Britton on this one i think it's ohio state he touched on it with the uh with the offense and the defense this year that uh, has been the big question mark in the past with ohio state right uh, jim knowles coming in ohio state's defense looks uh sensational so uh, i really like what they're doing once again, I said, let's come back to this next week because I really want to see this Penn State game coming up. Uh, that's going to be their big test. I have Georgia at number two, guys. Uh, this team, uh, they really showed us something at the beginning of the year, and then they kind of uh, faltered a little bit, but they were still winning close football games. We know the, the test at Missouri, and then that first half against Auburn was really, really bad. But this team hasn't been healthy fellas they, they they've had some key playmakers that have had to sit out uh, some key guys on defense have, have uh missed some time so they just had a bye week I want to see them this week in a rivalry game uh, coming up man uh, with Florida and I want to see if they can get back to imposing their will on teams and just being flat out better than people Uh, So I I still like their weapons on offense as the number two team in the country and that Georgia defense that uh, that didn't rebuild it reloaded. So uh, number three, I have Tennessee. I can't bump them above Georgia just yet because they have to travel to Georgia uh, here in a couple weeks. So uh, I do like Hendon Hooker. I think that offense with Jalen Hyatt and, you know, one of their best receivers didn't even play against – their best receiver didn't even play against Alabama and Cedric Tillman. And uh, they have Brew McCoy and all those weapons out there, man. And uh, they have two running backs that can tote the load. And uh, the one thing that scares me about this Tennessee team, man, is if Tennessee was to go up against an Ohio State, uh, their secondary, man, their secondary is very, very questionable. And we know that Alabama doesn't have the receivers that Ohio State has this year. We're used to seeing Alabama have those receivers, but this year they don't. So uh, that would be an interesting matchup there for me. But at number four, I have Michigan. I think with J.J. McCarthy, Michigan is a completely different team than McNamara back there at quarterback. Uh, I think J.J. McCarthy opens up so much more with Blake Corum. And, and, and I just, I really, really like Michigan. I just don't know if they can go on the road at the end of the year in the shoe and knock off this Ohio state team. But this is where I'm probably going to catch a lot of heat. And some people are, you know, like I always say, they're going to scream sec biased. but um, <laughs> you know, at number five, man, I, I just can't, uh, I, you know, I, I can't, I can't, like I like Clemson and I want to put them five, but man, Alabama, I, I just can't just throw Alabama to the trash, man. A lot of people are like, oh, you know, they lost. Um, Alabama was on the road in Knoxville that day, and it had been fifteen, what, sixteen years, yeah, something like that, since 06 uh, that Tennessee had had hadn't beaten Alabama. So, you know, it's it's uh, it was due. And Alabama still should have won the football game, if we're being honest. And um, for me to watch Bryce Young week in and week out and watch him just be Houdini and make the plays that he makes and, you know, they're starting to get Jameer Gibbs going and uh, McClellan going in the backfield and the receivers are are starting to make plays down the field and everything. I, I think they're starting to really come together and we've seen it in years past, man. Alabama loses, and then they start steamrolling people. And what did they do last night? Mississippi State's been putting up points on everybody, and it should have been a shutout, but it wasn't. They they uh, they won thirty to six. And so I just I really like Alabama there, man. And just the quarterback problems that Clemson is what is keeping me from putting them. At number five, I just – until they figure that mess out, because that's what it is ultimately, uh, Clemson fans might not want to hear this, but right now you have a QB controversy, and I can't put you at five until you get that figured out. And I really like TCU, but watching their defense get just absolutely shredded in that first half last night, like, I just sit here in the back of my mind, and I'm like, what would Bryce Young do to that defense? And I just – I can't throw Alabama to the Wolves yet, man. I gotta put them at five.
1: Yeah, yeah, and it's always tough too whenever you try to picture those matchups. And I think the big one right now will just be that you know we've got Ohio State going at Penn State. I think that's going to be a fun one. Mm-hmm. Make sure to tune in on on, on this upcoming Saturday morning. Uh, you know we've got it coming up eight a.m. Central, nine a.m. Eastern, because we're going to talk about that game. I know for sure. We've got the Georgia uh, Tennessee game coming up. We got to talk about mm-hmm. that when when we get there. You know, there's, there's some big matchups, the, and to look uh, towards the end of the season, too, we've got Ohio State hosting Michigan, too, so that's going to be another one. Mm-hmm. So when you look at these top teams right now, it's going to sort itself out. That's, that's the nice yeah. thing about it is that we can we can sit here and speculate and argue about who we think is better. Uh, right now, you can only compare them to who they've actually gone against right now. You, it's really hard to compare Absolutely. them against each other. So that's, that's the fun thing with those rankings, seeing how they're I think happen. I think
3: this is a, this is one of the first years that I can actually genuinely say – that I'm pretty happy with the way that things are going to sort themselves out, in that mm-hmm. top four playoff spot. These are all teams that I can I can without a doubt say at the end of the year, whoever's up there will probably deserve it. You know, every year like I, we always have those question marks. It's like, well, you know, what about this team? They're undefeated. You know, they they should have a shot at this. But listen, like you said, you got you know, Ohio State, Penn State. If they can beat Penn State. They stay up there and then at the end of the year, Michigan keeps doing well. They beat Michigan, they go undefeated here. Yeah, I mean, you you can start to solidify some of these teams a lot easier this year uh, than in previous years. And and Absolutely. the way that it's
1: the way that it's lined up right now, too, there's six undefeated teams right now, but the best that we could have is only four undefeated teams. So imagine at the end of the season if we end it with four undefeated teams. You know how easy that is to make those picks? Like, I, I just look at that, and I really hope that's the case. I really hope that those undefeateds can just stay undefeated just for that, you know, because then it'd be the first year for sure. We can't argue. You can't You can't say that they, yeah. that they don't deserve to be up there. They're undefeated at the end of the year. So, I mean, that's yeah. it's really cool to see how it is shaping up for sure. But uh, that's pretty much all we got planned for today, guys. Uh, of course, we're, we're going to be back again and, and have some more going for us. We, we thank everybody so much for your support. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure to subscribe. Hit the notification bell so you know when there's updates. And also, if you're listening on Apple Podcast, Spotify, give us a five star rating. That's the best way to help us out. Uh, you know, you guys have been awesome. Make sure to share this with your friends, family. Share it on social media. Help us grow. Uh, we're trying to we're trying to get bigger. We're trying to do something big. Uh, that's, that's why we we bring you guys all this content. So thank you so much. And until next time.